your life together and sharing the hard things of which we can pray together, right? And so um, thinking about this further, so that's fast forward a couple of years. Now I'm married, right? Didn't know what to do. Now we're, now we're married. You know, it's been about a year and a half since that last moment happened. And we're married and then we're trying to decide what to do. I'm living in Pittsburgh with my wife and my two roommates. Not a great situation. Don't get married and live with two other guys. It was... It was not a great newlywed moment. I was like, but it's cheap and we'll save money. And like our rent is super cheap. And I thought it was a great idea. Uh, it was not good for Laura, let me tell you. Um, so we were trying to decide what to do next. This is early 2014. We just got married. It's about seven or eight years ago. And we we're trying to decide what to do. And so Brad says, well, maybe you should come up to Grove City. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. I already have a whole plan. I'd applied to Fuller Theological Seminary. I was going to go be a pastor and I was ready to go, right? I was like determined this is what I'm going to do because I was getting my counseling master's, right? And everybody kept saying, oh, what do you want to do with your counseling? And I said, I want to disciple people. I want to live life one-on-one with people. And they're like, that's not what you do with counseling. You sit in a room one-on-one with people and you see them once a week. It's a very professional setting. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it differently. I'm not going to do it that way. And they said, well, I think you want to be a pastor. And I said, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to get up and speak every Sunday. That sounds really boring, right? I don't want people to listen to me, right? And so I was torn. I didn't want to be a counselor. I didn't want to be a pastor. But I guess if, if you want to disciple people, guess you have to go to the pastorate, right? Guess you have to go get, an, go get an MDiv. That's what I was going to do. Sound like the best thing. So I remember Brad sitting me down once again. And I'll give you other moments where it wasn't just Brad. Right, but Brad's me down again saying, what the heck are you doing? You're already $50,000 in debt. Why would you go to another $50,000 in debt? You just got married. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Why would I do this? And I've just thought of these moments throughout my life where people have been humble, they've been stern, and they've been willing to speak into the hard moments. We fast to get together. We pray together, right? And it's not, it's not always just Brad, right? I remember one day I was just working. I was like, you know, I was just enjoying I like technology, so I had this new MacBook Air, and I was like, oh, this is so fun. I'm just, you know, working along. And Cody came up to me, you know, since Cody's here, and he threw his Bible down, and he said, such and such a person is living in sin, and we need to confront them. And I was like, okay, I'm just working here. Like, no problem. And so he pulls out a verse in Corinthians, and he's reading it to me. And I was like, well, Cody, I don't know this person very well, and I know Laura doesn't know this person very well, and, you know, Dan doesn't know this person, whatever. I just went down the whole list of why we shouldn't deal with this. And Cody was like, man, Scripture's pretty clear that, like, this is what Paul says. We should, like, really be queer and loving with people who are walking in sin. And it's just, there's moments where it's like, I'm inviting people into my life to say the hard things, to sometimes say the easy, encouraging things, and we're walking in this journey to see what the Lord is doing. Does that make sense? So going back to this verse in Acts, I just think it's profound. See, now Bible Gateway shuts down. I have to pull it all up again for you guys. But um, I think it's just profound, the importance of inviting people to pray with one another. So let me make this real for you and then open the floor to times where you've seen this work powerfully in your life. Honestly, I was nervous to share this because I think it can be a hard conversation, right? I know Jim Herb used to talk about the shepherding movement where it was like, oh, Jared, you want to buy a car? You have to talk to me. Oh, Jared, you want to date that girl? You have to talk to me. Like, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about here. Submitting our lives to each other is a choice. It's not a requirement, right? You don't have to do anything, right? You have a choice. But I found that some of the best fruit in my life has been inviting people into the hard moments. I'm not saying everybody, right? I'm not saying, oh, I should just invite every single person in this room to walk super deeply with me. I noticed here, there's a few people, right? It names five or six folks that were spending time intentionally with Barnabas and Saul, right? And as they ministered together, right? They were worshiping together. As they were fasting together, they heard from the Lord together, right? And let me be honest, there's people in this room that are praying about house decisions. They're praying about job decisions, right? If they do that alone, maybe the Lord will speak to them. I'm not saying God can't speak to us one-on-one. That's not what I'm saying. So don't hear that. Um, What I am saying is it's really important to have people that are walking with you and praying with you. It's been so fruitful in my life. I actually believe that when you find your people, you find your purpose. 
Like it's a huge part. Sounds like a tweet, right? When you find your people, you find your purpose. And so I remember this dude, he'd come and hang around Beans on Broad. I heard about him from Gabe. And he really liked this girl named Stephanie. And he would just hang around, super cool dude. Like he dressed nicely, right? He's pretty suave. And his name is Dan McCloskey. And he would hang around Beans. And I kept, I didn't really know. I was, you know, I was super young back then. And everybody was like, I don't know about this Dan dude. And I was like, I think this dude's pretty solid. He's, he's trying to find his people. Cause I think in finding his people, he's gonna find a part of his purpose. And I've just watched oh, year over year, Dan just come more and more and more alive. I feel like Dan could go run some huge company and be some super successful CEO. And maybe he still will be. But I feel like I watched Dan like pursue Stephanie with an intentionality and a purpose that was really impressive to me and let people like walk with him and talk with him. And I think that's, it's just, it's powerful and it's real. And so I want to encourage you that let's, let's hear the Lord together. I know I've been in situations, guys, and you know, I'm not going to say any names or I've been in situations where people come and they'll say, I've decided to do such and such and such. Will you pray with me? That's where this conversation started with Luke. He was really honest last week. He said, I've decided to go to Zambia. Then I realized, oh, maybe I should invite people to pray with me about that decision, right? And nobody's trying to control anybody, but I have so many situations, some of the hardest moments in this journey of following Jesus with people is when people come and they say, I've decided to do such and such and such. Can you pray with me? And it feels like, what do I do at that point? I'm either fully on board and I pray with them or... I have, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's the Lord. And then they've already made the decision, right? And then it feels, it just feels awkward. And I've just seen so much fruit. Maybe things have taken longer in my life because I've submitted them to other people, but I've just seen so much fruit and growth in me by laying down the things that I think I have to have and submitting them to other people to walk with me, right? The moment I told you with Cody, the moment I told you with Brad. I mean, Angie the other day called me and she was like, you're being stubborn. I was like, wow, I'm really glad Angie's able to speak into my life. I've invited her into that spot, right? She said, you're being stubborn, and I think you need to check yourself and pay attention to this. And I said, wow, I could have been like, who, who are you to talk to me, right? But that's not what I did. I said, oh, I want to listen, right? And so I think it's important as we have people that are sick, as we have people that have big decisions in our lives, that we get together, that we pray with one another, but that we fast Brad asked last week, I don't know if you heard, he's asking for several weeks that we take time to fast. So I've been fasting, not saying you have to, but I've been, I've been doing a liquid fast for breakfast and lunch and then only eating dinner. Because I feel like what the Lord's about to do in our body is really important, right? We know that this life in the grove process a lot of you have been going through is so that we can launch people into simple churches, into discipleship groups. And I feel like that's really important to me because it's changed my life, right? And so I'm, I'm fasting for our community to live out their giftings. This is why we're talking about it. I don't want to just go talk to Jared to tell him, Jared, you're doing this wrong. You need to correct this man. Come on. I'm instead, I see the gifts and passions and talents in Jared, and I want to steward them so Jared can live out the things that God has called him to, right? This isn't, oh, this isn't just the sin police. This is instead, how do we build each other up so that when the Holy Spirit says, you know, send out Loretta and Jess for the work I have for them. I'm not holding on for dear life for people that love my family and watch my kids. I'm saying, okay, God, how do I partner with you? Does that make sense? So I wanted to ask you, open the floor to you guys of when have been powerful moments where God has used other people to pray with you and move you in the direction he has for you. Is that a clear enough question? Gotta think for a minute. <laughs> um, so about, I think it was summer 2020. Um, I was still a geology major and I was struggling with chemistry and I had no clue what to do with my life because I was like, I can't do this anymore. And um, I was talking to the people that were close with me and asking them to pray about it and with me about it. And Derek had mentioned, well, what about doing graphic design or something with the arts? And I was like, I couldn't do that. Like, why, why would I switch from like a 
well-paying field to something that wouldn't pay me anything. And that was my focus. And Derek was like, well, you have to think about it. Like, if you did, like, something like graphic design, it would... You, you'd be really good at it, and... Um, yeah, you could just do really well with it. And I was looking into it, and I was like, you're probably right. <laughs> I should probably think about this and talk with the Lord about it more. And I ended up switching my degree like two weeks later, I think, after you talked to me. <laughs> so, there's that. I was thinking about when uh, Steph and I were figuring out whether or not we should buy the house that we're in right now and we hadn't told anybody what we were thinking about but we just had asked a couple of friends to pray with us and um, Ben gave a really powerful clear word that he got when he was praying and I can't even remember if he was one of the people I asked to pray but he just he had something that was like so spot on that it was ridiculous and um, I don't know, I just feel like it's easy to, like Derek said, convince yourself that you've got, you're seeing something clearly in yourself. Um, and I've found that when I can take a little bit more time to see with other people, that whether or not it is a, an affirmative or 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 not reaction that I get from that other person, I end up seeing the situation more clearly. Uh, I see different components of it than I would have seen, um, and it just makes it possible to move in a little bit more confidence. Um, the second thing that came to mind for me was uh, I was driving uh, about an hour and a half each way for a job that was really killing me emotionally um, but it was compensating me very well and I took a I think $28,000 pay cut to resign and take a different role um, and I felt like so paralyzed with that decision and I was talking through it with a few people and a friend basically told me you will never regret making a making a decision that is healthier for you and your family, you will regret um, staying in an unhealthy situation just because it's compensating you well. And uh, you know, that's a very clear thing, but it's really easy when you're wrestling with something big like that to get all tied up in knots and convince yourself, well, yeah, but I'm providing for my family, and if I do this for a little bit, then I can X, Y, Z, and I'll get a new job, you know, and just... No, it's... it's um, it's our perspective is out of these two holes uh, and these two ears, and it misses it misses a lot of a lot of what's happening. And if you can have that perspective and that perspective and that perspective, and and submit to the people around you, um, doesn't mean you do what everybody tells you. But if you take the time to do that, it uh, it allows you to see things more clearly. So anyway, I've really appreciated that. I. I know a lot of uh, people in my life who don't have uh, don't have that, don't have those same relationships, and they're you know wrestling with things on an island, and that's just that's sad to me. So I'm thankful for every every one of you guys. So. Anyway. Um, I can think of. Uh, two times, but not recently uh, in my life with this. Uh, one was a babel, uh, ladies' um, prayer group <clears throat> when we first moved to Grove City, and there were no houses on the market. It was like four in our price range, and they were really like fixer-uppers, you know. So we were praying for a house, and it had been like 10 months, and... Um, we were renting, and one of the ladies in my groups um, had read the story of Hudson Taylor, a missionary to China, 
And he had prayed for an entire year for a desk, a bicycle, and one other thing. And God had not answered his prayer. And he was like taking God to task over this. And God said to him, you know, Hudson, do you know how many different kinds of bikes there are and how many different kinds of desks there are out there? And so Hudson Taylor became very specific about what he was asking for. And within two weeks, he had all three of those things. And so I went out, and um, I'm like, well, um, Lord, I ask you to show me what you would want us to have in a house. You know, reveal to me the desires of my heart in a house and what would, what you would want us to have in a house. And I made this big, long list. And our pastor at the time... Um, said, hey, I know this house that's coming up for sale. Somebody's going into Orchard Manor, and she she's going to have to sell her house. I'd like to introduce you to her, which was in our current house. And we went through that house, and it had every single thing I had listed. And, 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 it was, and we had a specific price range. And um, so... That was like a specific price range that was the max. So we were praying, and I told these ladies about this house, and we were praying, and I went out to my car, and I heard the Holy Spirit say in my heart, I want you to ask me for that house. (laughs) And I said, but Lord, what if that's not you, you know? And I was like, but what if it is him? And so I said, Lord, I ask you for that house um, but if that's not your will, then your will be done. And so I, the, past, the pastor gave me the name of the um, joint owner of the house, and I called her. She was down in, like, North Carolina, and when she answered the phone, she was like, Hi, it's so good to hear your voice, you know, and I'm like, this is Becky Moore, and I'm calling about your house. <coughs> She's like, oh, my goodness. You sound exactly like my best friend on the phone. So it was like God went ahead of me and gave me favor. And um, and so this lady came back with the appraisal of the house, which was exactly what we had decided was our max that we could pay. She's like, it appraised for X, Y, Z, but we don't really need that much. You know, she's like... <laughs> We would be happy with, and then like $5,000 less than that. So we went and looked at the house that needed some things. We came back with like almost $2,000 less, and she just accepted it just like that because it needed like a new roof and plumbing in the apartment. The plumbing had, the pipes had burst. So if I had not been praying with those women... I would not have known how to pray, you know, according to God's will. And and they were in agreement with me. And it came in miraculously. You know, it was just so smooth. We just had no realtor, nothing. It just, like, fell like ripe fruit in our lap. So it was pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Did you have something? Oh, no, no. This isn't particularly a, a story, but it's actually really funny. Luke, Luke and I were having a very long conversation about this yesterday, um, which was really good. And I wish he was here right now, but... If he listens to this recording, he'll like hear that passive aggressively. But I don't mean it that way. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I wish she was here at church. Um, yeah, no, but we were just like, I mean, in the past, I don't know, year or so of my life, there have been like multiple, uh, like op- open doors, opportunities, and major decisions that I like could have taken, and was pretty keen on taking. Um, job opportunities, ministry opportunities, whatever. And through relationships with other people, they kind of just like, through prayer, they kind of just advised me to like, 
hey, maybe hold off on that for a little bit. And um, both times, it was funny because both times I was like certain I had heard the Lord, like, I'm going to do this thing. And I was like certain. And But then everyone in my life who I trusted was like, don't do that. <laughs> and uh, and then now, and then in retrospect, I was like, oh man, I'm so glad God put them in my life because I would have made a really terrible decision. But um, not terrible, just not what the Lord wanted for me. But anyway, Luke and I were talking about, I mean, him and I are both, um, you know, on the fringe of some major life decisions, um, as you often are in your 20s. And, um, and we were just talking about how much of a difference there is between like praying with people versus what we, or at least I often tend to do, and he was saying he often tends to do, is just like isolate and make decisions all by yourself. And then like once you've made up your mind, go and like inform everyone that you love, that you've like made your decision as a way of like, almost as a way of just like easing the transition. It's like, hey guys, already made a decision, like just to inform you. Here you go. And I think I tend to do that as well. Um, and then, but then also like such a, that leads to such a clear difference. You know, if there's a time of transition or leaving or being sent, just such a big difference between like leaving and being sent and how like when we partner in prayer together through things like this, even if it's not like physically being sent to a new place, but even if it's like being sent into like a new, like purchase of a house or like a, like a new season of life with um, like you were talking about with Laura or something like that. Like the when we partner together in prayer, it like opens the door for us as a community to be able to say like we're with like we're going with you into this next thing that you're not pursuing or not pursuing. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was just thinking about like Paul writes to I don't know one of his letters. He writes to someone where he's like I'm not with you physically, but like. I'm I'm with you in spirit right now. And I'm like, I'm with you in, in my prayers with you. Um, and just think about our community, like our broader AOX community that's all over the world. And just like how important it is that we've sent people and that like, you know, like David and Candace, they're not here, but like we're, they're here with us, like in spirit, like we're with them in spirit, with them in prayer, other people too, um, you know, who've been all across America now that, just the importance of like when we pray together and like bring these decisions into the light together, it enables us to have the ability, like our community stays united, you know, even beyond this space. I mean, this place, Grove City. Um, And yeah, I think that's really important and such a big difference. And then from just like making a decision and then be like, all right, see you guys. (laughs) Um, Nice knowing you. Um, But actually like moving together. I can think of like two examples. Um, one of them's like more similar to this, and the one's a little bit different. Um, during like, I think it was during like shutdown, pretty much. Um, I just felt like the Lord really reminded me of like this like thing in my heart to like work at collage, and I was like, this is a really weird time to like want to do this. <laughs> like, first of all, collage is like a coffee shop and I'm, I think I was like 14. I was like, Oh, why, why would Joe and Emily give me a job whenever there's like clearly bless you. A lot of other people that, um, could do. So like I started asking people to pray and I think like, I don't think one person was like, don't do it. Um, and they were just like, everyone that I like asked to pray about it was just like, yeah, like go for it. And I think it gave me like a lot of peace Um, and like through that process, like the Lord really spoke to me and like those things that like I was concerned about and like thinking about during that like time frame, like learning those things then have like shaped my entire like relationship with my coworkers, the like relationship I have with like every customer that walks through the door. Um, and like just really affected my life. So I feel like if I hadn't had the confirmation and like the prayer and like support of like everyone I asked to pray, um, I feel like that would have looked really different. Um, and I'm not even sure if I would have actually done it if it hadn't been like so clear of like everyone that I talked to was just like 
I feel like this is something that like you could really do well at and like the Lord's like really gonna like do things and like that's like really impacted like a lot of areas of my life. And the other thing is a little bit different of just like, um, it's actually during the last worship weekend. Yeah, that was when it was. Um, and we were scheduled, it was like after our worship night and we were scheduled to like do like 10 to midnight, I think. And we were praying, worshiping, and we had our friends Benjamin and Mercy here. Um, and we were just like, worshiping and I like has like really like gone to the prayer room come here earlier in the day it's just like very clear idea of like what my night was gonna look like I was gonna have like great journaling time with the Lord did not happen <laughs> um, and I actually me Justin Loretta went over to the couch and just like we started like talking it's like hey how can we pray for you um and like Loretta said something just said something and I feel like the Lord was, like, really clearly speaking to, like, share about, like, a really deep place of, like, brokenness that, like, I'd only shared with my parents. I was like, this is not what I want to do right now. <laughs> like, I do not want to, like, be open and vulnerable because, like, I've realized, like, how much of, like, through sending or through, like, just, like, different pain points of just, like, different relationships in the church or like, wherever it was that, like, I was, like, so afraid to, like, be vulnerable with people if I didn't, like, know them intensely. Um and it's like, I kind of like realized in that moment, like I can either like choose to disobey the Lord, number one, and number two, like just like never be vulnerable because like how close is like close enough to like share my heart um, and share my struggles. And so like we end up, <laughs> they, I was really hungry and they like told me like, I was like, I really feel like I'm supposed to share this thing inside my heart. I'm like, if I, if like we go have this like conversation or whatever, I think it was eating pizza. I was really hungry and eating food for like, hours and I was like I'm gonna lose my nerve if I do this and they're like we can do this with you um and we end up crying on the love seat over there as I'm like sharing and pouring out my heart about this like place of brokenness um and it like in that moment of like choosing to be vulnerable and like pray and like walk and like share what was actually like in my heart and like a place of like brokenness like, the Lord has, like, completely shifted, like, that place of brokenness, but also, like, my point of view of, like, vulnerability and, like, community, because I was, like, the Lord's really corrected me um, in that moment of just, like, you need to be able to walk with people, and you can't walk with people if you're, like, afraid they, like, hey, you share this, like, place in your heart, and it, like, they like see you differently relationships not the same or like whatever it is like that was the particular place of like fear of my heart of being vulnerable in that moment but like since then like I've been able to like really realize and like see that scripture differently just like oh like I can like pray with people passively and just like oh what's in your heart like how can I pray for you or I can actually like be open and like be vulnerable and like actually do what the Bible talks about and like passionately pursue prayer and like a relationship with other people. Behind y'all. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned recently is um, I have a small group of, of women that I talk to in going through really hard things. And I've told them, I'm like, you guys have the freedom to correct me because I know your heart from the Lord. I know that you love me. So when I pray for, ask you for something or I tell you about something happening, I've opened myself up to very select people. No. Um, <laughs> and said, I trust your heart with the Lord. I know you. I know your heart for me. So if I'm saying something or if I'm interpreting something or if the Lord has something from you, you can tell me and I'm not going to be offended because I've asked for it. So I've willingly opened myself up to people I know and trust, my iron sharpens iron people. You know, you don't do that with everybody. Um, and, and that's been really helpful. Um, and there was one incident where I found a piece of information about something like th through, like just got this weird idea and I messaged one of my friends. I was like, ah, and I was all up in just emotional and like, what if this and what if that? Da, 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 and, and she's like, okay, I see how you could go down that path. And she goes, but I think you're also being a little crazy and you need to bring it in. 
And I was like, but what about da da da? And she's like, I get that, but I don't think that's what's actually happening. And I was like, okay. You know, and so in going through hard things, when we tend to be more emotional or we tend to get upset quicker or to have those people in my circle to be like, okay, I'll get in the trenches with you. I might even throw like sarcastic comment back and forth, you know, and then we're going to say, how do we get back to Jesus with this? And they're going to pull me back in and they're going to push me up and they're going to challenge me. And so opening people and having that community of people that, um, will get me back on the path because just going through a lot of really hard stuff, you know, and, and I went to them because I had a couple of them just ranted and raved and just like vented and all this stuff. And then the Lord, the Lord got me with the scripture. And so I went back and I was like, guys, I really need to ask for your forgiveness. I'm sorry. I wasn't honoring in the way I was talking about some of these situations and I'm, I'm really sorry. And I shouldn't have done that. And and, you know, they were like, of course. And they're like, you know, one of them came back and it's like, I'm really sorry for like getting in that with you and not pushing you back to the Lord and, and commiserating with you in that instead of like, okay, I get that. I see you. I hear you. How can, how can we pull your heart back to the Lord? And so that's been something that I've really been blessed with and having a community of being vulnerable is not even so much like big decisions. It's just like, okay, I'm freaking out here and I need y'all to hold my arms up and um, either, yay, Maggie, you're on the right path, like keep going, you know, or like <laughs> you've lost your mind, time to come back to the Lord. Um, and they'll do that. And, and that, has, that has kept the enemy at bay. Having that group of people has kept the enemy away from being able to attack my heart and pull it in directions and pull my emotions and pull my actions into places that it, it shouldn't be. Um, and knowing that I have these people praying for me behind my back, you know, and holding my arms up and, and someone like a friend of mine, I was telling her something the other day and she's like, Maggie, I listen to this podcast and you're not going to want to hear it right now, but you need to go listen to this. And I'm inside, like, I know her heart and I know she has wisdom and I know she's right. And inside I was like, yeah, I just kind of want to get off this video call with you right now. Don't even want to hear this. But she was right. She was totally right. Have I listened to podcasts yet? No. Mm -mm. Um, but I need to. But, you know, I, I told her something, and she's like, okay, well, I just heard this a couple days, and, and I've really been praying for you, and I, th I think you need to, you know, turn a little bit in your way of thinking. And it was hard to hear, but I know her deep love for me and my family so it was like, okay, you're right. And no. So I think that's the, that's the other part about being in community is, is like when Abby was saying, when you're vulnerable, allowing people to steer you back and not always like, hey, pray for me about this because I want this. Or like allowing people to rein you back in sometimes. And sometimes it's hard. And, but I, I told these people, I was like, I made a commitment to them that I'm not going to be offended when they do this and that they have freedom. And... I've asked for it. So if I get mad at them, then that's my problem at that point. Um, but it's really kept the enemy from getting a foothold in a lot of situations because I know that I'm not relying on my own emotion and my own thoughts and my own logic and that I have people who I know hear from the Lord that will steer me right. And if I stay isolated, I don't have that. And then I may be making decisions or saying things or whatever, that, that will harm me and that will give the enemy a foothold into situations. So that's my two cents. And I want to say that it's not always hard things, right? I remember, remember sitting with Doug and I'd just been leading our, we, we had a simple church for three or four years and I was just like, man, I feel like somebody else needs to lead this. Like, I feel like not that I was done, but I was kind of like, I feel like there's other people who are just as equipped as me, if not more equipped than me to lead this. And Doug was like, I really want to teach about hearing the voice of God. So we took a couple weeks, we prayed. I pro probably took longer than I wanted because I was just like, are we sure? Are we sure? And I've had so many people come back after Doug taught about hearing the voice of God for like seven or eight weeks. And for the three years that I led our simple church, 
like every, I probably for the past like six months, the best thing I've heard from that three or four years of time has been Doug's teaching on hearing the voice of God. It wasn't something that I said. It wasn't something that I did. I got to pray with Doug, but I wasn't the reason Doug, you know, had this new deep spiritual awakening. It wasn't me. It was like, I got to partner with Doug and something that was his heart and give him space to share amongst a group of people. And I think it's really important that we don't just think, oh, I just need to go talk to my friends about things in my life. That's really good. But remember, this verse in Acts says we should take time to pray together. That's very different, right? Like prayer, if you look at Abraham, if you look at Moses, they petitioned God for things they were believing for, right? Prayer is powerful because God can speak to us and teach us things, but we can also pray and he can change things on our behalf because he loves us, right? So it's very different from, wow, I really hope Jared makes the right decision in the next year and a half. Like, I'll think about him over here and hope that he makes it. It's like, no, how do I get involved in Jared's life as a friend, right? Not to just tell him, hey, Jared, here's what to do. But how do, how do we get involved with one another, right? So that, because if we can live fully alive and fully aware, and let the Holy Spirit live in us and learn how to live out of the fruit of the Spirit, that doesn't just change the way we live our lives. We feel less burdened, less stressed, which frees us up to share the gospel more, which frees people up to experience Jesus more, which frees the world to encounter their first love, right? This sounds like it's really like pastoral and really like inside of our community. I think that it is because I think that's my gifting is to teach about how do we follow Jesus together in community. But I want to point to the bigger piece right? As your heart gets more whole, not that you need to wait till your heart gets whole to share Jesus, right? That's not what I'm saying. But as you come more alive and as you have people walk with you and commit with you and work through you, and maybe not every season, up, maybe there's ups and downs, but it's like, are you looking more like Jesus? And if you are, that should be spilling out, right? It's like, man, what's inside of me spills out, whether it's good or bad, and it's broken people loving broken people. But I trust the Father enough that he says in Galatians that he puts his very best hope in his church. His best picture of what the gospel looks like is his hope in his people. He says he wants to raise the body up to be worthy of the head, right? I didn't say that. That's in the heresy. He said it, right? He wants the body to be risen up into the head, who is Jesus, right? And so I don't want you to think, oh, I just need to go spend some time with people and talk to them about my problems. You can go talk to a counselor about that. I mean, you should do that. But like, It's more than that. It's praying together, right? As they prayed and as they fasted together, the Lord said to them collectively, set aside Barnabas and Saul, right? Does that make sense? And then after they had prayed, so what it says in verse three, after they prayed, they laid on hands and then they asked the Holy Spirit, okay, what do we do now? And he said, you know, send them, right? So there's a couple different steps. They didn't just, oh, we're gonna talk about our issues and hope that God resolves it. I think This is on me. I'm not saying you do this, but I've spent a lot of time talking instead of praying, talking people through their issues, right? My counseling background. Oh, Abby, let's talk about why you feel that way. I'm not saying that's bad. It's actually very helpful, right? Laura's going to counseling right now. It's super great. Uh, It's a wonderful Christian woman. She loves Jesus. It's great. But I've done a lot of talking and I feel like I've, I've felt the Lord tell me to pray more right? And so I want to invite you. I want to invite you to pray. Pray for one another. If you know situations of people you love going on, invite them to pray, right? Invite, can I pray with you, right? And invite them to pray into your life, right? Pray together. Fast together, right? There's so, I I think I could teach a whole three weeks on fasting. Fast together, right? I've seen the Lord do so much in, you know, when my wife had postpartum depression and had a lot of trauma, I fasted for like three or four weeks and said, God, I don't know how to help my wife. She has a hard time feeling joy for three months in a row. Uh, I'm just going to fast. And the Lord led us to, wow, Lord, I really need some help and some counseling, right? It wasn't easy. I remember when uh, Monica came and I really wanted to have her in our home, but the Lord told me, no, your wife needs to get healed so then you can have another baby so it can be redemptive. And I said, well, I can, Monica, that's, you know, that would be, I just feel like we're gifted to love people. That wouldn't be too hard if we had Monica live in our home. And the Lord said, no, I need to equip somebody else to do this. And I got to sit with Paul and Maggie as they invited Monica into their home and work through the hard stuff and work through the easy stuff and work through all of it. And I rather would have just said, let me take this on. No problem, I got this. But it wasn't the season, right? And so I want to leave you with three questions 
when making big decisions. Let me add four. This isn't mine. This is Brad's. And I don't know if we've ever taught it publicly, so I might screw it up. But four questions when inviting people to pray with you, fast with you, and feast with you. And let me talk about the feasting part, right? So you're going to invite people to pray with you, which is you're going to invite people to um, be in your journey and point you to Jesus, right? The point is not, oh, I'm going to pray with you to get my will. It's we're going to pray to seek the will of the Lord, right? You're going to fast and it doesn't have to be a food fast. You're fasting things that distract you from the gaze of your lover, right? And you're going to feast together. You're going to share meals together. I don't know why that came out so weird. Meals together, okay? So here's what I want you to ask yourself when you're making a big decision, whether you're buying a house or starting a job, right? Or just trying to figure out what's my next journey in the job that I'm doing or how do I serve a collage better, right? Um, or you're praying for your family, right? I want you to ask yourself when considering a big decision, who am I in this big decision, right? What's your identity? Who are you? Okay, so that's number one. Who are you? Number two, what season am I in, right? That's a big, important piece in timing. So who am I? What season am I in, right? Who are the people that I'm with? So who am I? What season am I in? Who, who are the people that I'm with, Right? Because you're in a season where you need to be around a certain amount of people or certain people, it wouldn't make sense to do something different, right? So who am I? Identity. What season am I in? Who are the people that I'm called to in this season? And what is my purpose, right? What is, what is my overall collective calling from the Lord? And how do I walk out this purpose? So why do I tell you that? I tell you that to say those four things, identity, season, people, and purpose, because I think it really allows you to be grounded right? It's just, I don't want it to be a formula, right? But it allows you to be grounded in how do I make sure I'm making a very clear decision that honors the Lord, right? Because you have the part of, okay, this is who I am. This is the things I know that are in my heart. A lot of us are good at that. I know what I want, right? Okay. How do I then know, does that fit the season that I'm in, right? Very simple. This could be as simple as I've been trying to decide with Jared if I should buy a camera for my business, right? Camera costs several thousand dollars. I don't want to waste money if I don't need to, right? So who am I? Oh, I know I'm a son of the king. I know I've been called to help people get their message out to the world, right? Have a clear sound that resonates from the noise, right? Okay, I know those things. I know who I am, right? I know my purpose, right? Which is to help people be clear and present a clear message so they can stand out and people can recognize their voice. Okay. So I know myself and I know my purpose, right? But my season is I have people around me. That's a very practical, simple example, right? I have people around me like Jared, like Lee that have gear that I don't need that, right? Does that make sense? And I know it's my season in the sense of you know, this is not the season for that. So that's a very simple, like, should I spend $2,000 on a camera or not? But it's very, very practical to where I'm at. It makes me live less for myself and it forces me to rely on the people around me. Because I could say, well, if I need a camera and Jared's not around, what am I going to do? I guess I'm just going to lose this job. But I don't think about it that way. I don't think about all the if, ands, and buts and try to protect myself, right? And so... I just see this play out so much in the very simple purchase decisions in my life and the very honest, real moments. And so I want, what I want to encourage you to do is be, be praying for our community as we transition. My heart is to empower, you know, as we, as we transition from, you know, these times of doing life in the grove and doing some groups and really transitioning into how do we equip people to follow Jesus themselves, you know, learn and learn how to make disciples. What does that look like? It's going to be hard. It's going to be honest. It's going to be raw and it's going to be real. But if it's me and Dan and Ben and Brad all doing, you know, making disciples all the time, that's not what I want. I want to, I want to empower all of us to follow Jesus and to walk into our giftings and callings because I think it's important. So the way to do that is to ask yourself those four questions, to pray, to fast, and to feast together. Is that clear? Any questions? Any clarity? Thanks for your conversation, guys. Go ahead, Abigail. Uh, how do you know, like, this is really practical, like, how do you know, like, whether or not to, like, invite specific people, like, just, like, pray about it a ton? Or, like, do you, like, ask people, like, hey, is this something, like, is this, like, a relationship that I can, like, have this with? Like, because I feel like it's, like, Jesus had his, like, followers collective of, like, a lot of people and then he has 12 and then he has three like how do you differentiate between those things yeah I'm gonna try to find 
this verse. Of course, I can't find it. I think it's in Proverbs 16. Um, it says, In the light of the king's face, there's favor. Um, and his dew is like the cloud of latter rain. And she's like, what does that mean? I think often I find favor in certain relationships. And so what is favor? It's just a recognition of God's face shining on a situation, right? Um, I think it was Floyd McClung who said to follow the favor of the Lord. So if I, you know, you may meet someone and be like, wow, I really just intuitively connect with them. That doesn't mean we should always follow our intuition and our emotions. Sure, of course. But there's an intuitiveness. There's a favor of the Lord really shining on this relationship, right? So I think that's really helpful to know, okay, that is a really good first step for me to recognize there's favor on this relationship, right? So Abigail, for example, Benjamin and Mercy are amazing, right? I feel like when I hang around them, I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of favor on just this friendship that I have with them. They're just like, I trust them. I know they're really committed to the Lord. I know they're, like, you know, does that make sense? Like, there's just favor in spending time with them. So I know that you're connected to them. That's why I mentioned that example. So I hope that's helpful. Um, yeah, any other questions, feedback, thoughts for Abigail? I think for me, um, in finding people, um, really praying about it. Um, and I've, there have been times where it's like, I'm in a situation and, like, oh, I really want to tell this person this and, like, share this. And the Lord's like, nah, no. Nah. Like, there's a little bit of hesitation, and I'm like, okay. And it might be because of what they're going through or maybe they have a perspective that will, um, a lens that they're looking through in that situation that, you know, will affect whatever they say about it. And then there's been people before that the Lord's like, hey, call this person. And I'm like, why? <laughs> He's like, call this person. And I'm like, but why? Like, what am I going to do? And he's always been so faithful to put the right people in. And sometimes it's a really small check before I go. And there have been times that, like, they're really good friends of mine. And the situation happens, and I'm like, oh, I want to call this person. And Laura's like, nope, nope. You know. No, stop. <laughs> um, and so he's just been really faithful when I ask, like, in a situation. And when I'm like, oh, this is my go-to. This is my girlfriend who I always talk and I, like, blab to everything and he's like ma like just hold your tongue for a minute and sometimes it's not don't tell that person it might be wait until the situation calms down or I'm not so excited about something or I'm not so upset about something but he's so he's been so faithful over the years um and I really started first experiencing it when I started on this journey about simple church before I knew what simple church was two and a half years before I ever met Brad and, and Guy and I really started asking the Lord and the Lord started telling me people to call and it didn't make any sense at all I knew these people and I knew them and we were friends, but it was just like, what are you doing? And then they will have had a word or a thought or something that was like right in line with it. And so some of it is, is that who do I have favor with? Um, and then even with the people I have favor to just still asking the Lord, is this the right person? Because there are some things that like, I have a really close friend of mine that has been through a really, really hard situation. And I've been through one similar, but if I go to her with that, then it stirs it all up in her. And it's just not good for her heart either. And um, so while I know that she could relate, it's it's just not, the Lord's like, it's not the right, but she's still a close friend. I could tell her anything. I could totally trust her with this. It's just not going to be great. And then she's going to give me thoughts based on her experience because it was so real. So I say just ask, really ask the Lord before, especially with bigger things, just like, is this who I'm supposed to talk to? Or who am I supposed to talk to? Or... You know, and he's been so faithful to, to answer that question. Yeah, I mean, think about, you know, revelation. We know in part and prophesy in part, right? And so that idea, and then every joint supplies the need of the other, right? And the idea that um, it's really important for us to hear from, you know, to kind of partially answer your question, Abigail. I know, like, Dan McCloskey has a very different perspective than me. And so he's a really important voice in my life because he, he just, he sees the world very differently than I do. Not fully. Obviously, we, we have a lot of overlap, but he just, you know, I'm a very intuitive feeler who is prophetic. And, you know, I'm not saying he's none of those things, but he just sees the world 
differently than I do. And I found when I surround myself with people who see very differently than I do, it's just really helpful to get their perspective. You know, one day Ben confronted me lovingly. He said, I think you need to spend some time in solitude. And I said, solitude makes me uncomfortable. I don't know how I feel about that. And he said, I think it'd be super healthy for you. Like, just time away by yourself in the woods, you know, in a float tank, whatever. Just get some space away, right? Because my brain, like, it just goes. Because I have this weird brain where I'm like, admin and vision at the same time so I can like keep track of all the details and all that like XLR mics go into the zoom recorder and the SD card that I need to then take and put on the and then I can also do the other side of it and that's that feels like a trap sometimes in my head right and so it's really important to hear the voices of people around me who love me that can see my blind spots and I think that's really helpful because we all have blind spots on our road, on our path, on our narrow path to Jesus. And so when people can see my blind spots that love me and point them out, it's really, really helpful. So I hope this was fruitful. My goal was that this would be life-giving, that this wouldn't be condemning. If you feel any condemnation, I just uh, cast that out in Jesus' name, that you would feel loved, that you would feel invited. If you don't know how to do this, I bless you to just ask somebody, hey, can I pray with you? Through, you know, if you know somebody's working through something and you feel like there's favor on it, if you've prayed about it and you feel like the Lord's inviting you to, just say, hey, how do I pray with you? How do I walk with you? That's what, that's what we're doing in this season is uh, being more intentional about praying together and fasting together. And then obviously the feasting part. Let's share a meal together and let's walk this out because the world will recognize us by the way we love each other. So as we, you know, I'm sure in the next coming weeks, David and Candace are going to share about their experience being away from here, coming back here, right? That'll be an interesting tie to this conversation. Carl Petras is going to share some words that he's had. Um, and we're really going to talk about what does it look like to rediscover Antioch? What does it look like to rediscover some of the roots that make us what we are? You know, a lot of people talk about, well, this community is so different. We do things so differently. Why? Where is this in scripture? Well, this is some of the conversation, I think, that starts with the why behind what we do and who we are. And you're a part of this. You're sitting here. You're listening to these words. Um, if you're hearing this on the podcast, and this is part of the why, is looking at the book of Antioch as a starting place, right? Living out of overflow, which overflow obviously comes from sharing our life together. I mean, read the book of First John, right? Spend time in the book of First John. I mean, if you say you love God and don't love your brother, you say God is a liar, right? And so... Um, Antioch overflow and this experiment, this holy experiment that Pennsylvania would be a seed for the nations, right? That out of Pennsylvania, the seed, the Holy Spirit would come and the Ruah, the breath of God would breathe on people. So I bless you to go uh, experiment and learn to live this out together. I'm sure we don't get it right. I'm sure it's not perfect. I'm sure we make mistakes. Messy, broken people hurting messy, broken people. But I bless you to just forgive those who hurt you. I bless you to not take this on as this charge that feels impossible. I bless you to invite people in to learn to live out of overflow so the world can experience, right? This changed my life, guys. I've told you this story so many times. This 18-year-old kid getting off a bus in the middle of Oakland, Pittsburgh, because I wanted to find Jesus. And I knock on this little church door and get baptized that day. I didn't know what I was doing right. I was just looking to find what I found amongst these people. These are my people. I believe this, if you're sitting here, these are your people. So that answers that question, at least for right now, because you're sitting here in this season. So that answers your season question. Now, that's not across the board. That may change. But it's really important to be present with the people you're in your season with. So I just bless you to go and, yeah, just experience the depth of following Jesus with each other. It's never easy. Uh, I feel like it's really fun, but I think hard things are fun. So uh, I bless you to go. I bless you to be encouraged. I hope this is encouraging to you. Pray, fast, and feast together. And let's rediscover some of the roots that make us who we are as lovers, as followers of Jesus, who want to simply share the gospel. So amen.